Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dench. Nothing personal word of the day for Thursday, October 14th, 2021 is Dench, as in Dame Judy Dench, the actress who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in Shakespeare in Love, whose best line in that movie was, it's too late, too late, when she was getting back on the carriage. And she had to step in a puddle and all of her handlers didn't cover the puddle fast enough. So she stepped right through it and said, too late, too late. Dench, word of the day. And we're talking about Mark Davis. There is a stench coming out of the NFL that is so severe and long lasting that really what the NFL is doing currently is they're setting up these big industrial size fans and they're trying to blow all the stench away so it can dissipate because there's this cloud over the football season right now where everybody's talking only about the emails and John Gruden and the Washington football skins and all the things that are going on. Mark Davis had a chance to actually say something that mattered, to actually move the ball forward when it comes to race relations, when it comes to homophobia, when it comes to anything And he's the one from yesterday's show or two days ago, whenever it was, who had that very terse statement that we've accepted the resignation of John Gruden. And we wondered why, why was his statement so bad? Well, he decided to talk yesterday and here's what he said. When asked to follow up on his very short statement and what was going on with his head coach, his response was, I have no comment Ask the NFL. They have all the answers. Uh Uh-oh, incoming. Is Mark Davis taking a page out of his father's Al Davis playbook? Is it possible that Mark Davis is at war with the NFL because the NFL, as we suggested on Nothing Personal, called up Mark Davis and said, fire John Gruden. Mark Davis said, I don't want to fire John Gruden. He didn't do anything wrong. That was 10 years ago. And if we have to fire him, why aren't we firing all the other people and coaches and players who have said things 10 years ago before they scrub their social media? Why is my guy the fall guy? Roger Goodell saw that quote yesterday. And he then got into a discussion, I'm sure, with his top lieutenants. What's the exit strategy here? How do we get the narrative away from what's going on with these lawsuits and with these emails? and get it back on the field. And he was told if he's surrounded by anyone other than psychophants, that a bone will have to be thrown somewhere, not a bomb, a bone. More information will have to be leaked or released that implicates someone else. There will have to be another fall guy. 
can be a woman, can be a man, they, them, he, her, she, him, doesn't matter. We can't leave it be because no one's letting this story go. Mark Davis was asked to possibly expand on what he was saying, because how can you just say the NFL has all the answers? What does that mean? He said, no, I'm not going to do it. But what does it actually mean? It means that there are other people involved in the 650,000 emails. No. Really? That's an epiphany for the ages. That when you go back over 650,000 emails, in a sport like football or baseball or basketball or a company that sells ladders or widgets or chimneys or clocks or paper that you are going to find people who don't exactly have views of the world that many of us share and have views that they may not want other people to know about except for people who agree with them. Confirmation bias is such an amazing concept when you have a contrarian view, or when you have a racist view, when you surround yourself with other people who think the way you do, the conspiracy theorists or the racists or the homophobes, then you just assume, hey, this is comfortable to be this way because everyone is this way who I'm around. Not realizing that it's a small group of incels or whatever it is, just saying, hey, if I don't have around me people who tell me I'm wrong or tell me that I shouldn't think or do or say these things, Dan Snyder is getting emails of cheerleaders, having them in compromising positions and overseeing a culture of complete harassment. But if no one's going to tell the owner that's the problem and he never gets in trouble, and then when he does get in trouble, it's a $10 million fine, poof. It's Tanya taking over the team, his wife, poof. How does that change behavior? Of course it doesn't. I wonder how it ends. Hmm. Let me get back to that. And I'm going to get back to that as I explain to you another small story. I want to follow up on Adam Schefter because all of you keep talking about it. The media is talking about it. Fans are talking about it. This is the reporter, the journalist, the insider for ESPN who was caught in this email maelstrom offering Bruce Allen the ability to comment and edit and approve a article that was being released that was talking about the labor talks and was obviously pro owner and everyone lost their minds. Everyone wondered, is this the end of journalism? Everyone was saying, how could Adam do this? And I was explaining to you yesterday why that happens, but that he simply went too far in what he wrote in email, but what he did was quite common. One of you had a question for me. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson, a segment that we pull out as often as we can. Get into my Twitter at David P. Samson. Hit follow. Ask a question. I'll try to answer it. I try to engage in direct messaging with as many of you as I can, but it's a small percentage. And for that, I apologize. But thank you for continuing to send questions. And this was a simple one. I am sometimes very good with six word questions. Did you see what Schefter said? Yes, I did. Thank you for asking. Adam Schefter was under so much pressure yesterday, trending all day, phone ringing off the hook. He had to call every one of his sources to say, don't worry. 
I'm never going to release, never going to call you out. We're never going to email again. And he admitted in a statement, no less, looking back, I shouldn't have done it. The criticism being levied is fair. And I wanted to touch on this to let you know that Adam Schefter did not get advised on how to respond to this, because if he did, that wouldn't have been his response. It's okay when you're apologizing to say, looking back, I shouldn't have done it. But if you're going to do that, then you have to follow it up with a why. What is the reason that he shouldn't have done what he did? Is the reason, again, like the apologies that we hear so often, I'm sorry that I hurt you, when it's really, I'm sorry I got caught. Should he not have done it because he got caught? Should he not have done it because it is imperative for journalists to be independent? Because as consumers of journalism, that is the entire concept that we crave and require, yet we don't have anymore. How many of you think the New York Times is independent? The Washington Post, the New York Post, the Daily News, the St. Louis Dispatch. How many of you, when you are reading articles, do not think about what their agenda is, what the agenda of the paper is, what the agenda of the writer is? How many of you, when you're listening to opinion pieces, that's the whole point of our society right now. It's a bunch of people just watching things and watching people who are preaching to the choir. Rarely is news set out in a way where people are allowed to think to themselves, hmm, I wonder what I think about this subject. Conclusory statements are commonplace. On nothing personal, we try to walk that line. We try to give you information on both sides and we want you to think about where you stand. I'm gonna give you my opinion. I'm gonna tell you both sides and have you decide. Journalists aren't doing that much anymore. So for Schefter to say, looking back, I shouldn't have done it. No, that's exactly the modus operandi. That is the way things are done. If you are not just going to be an insider, but if you are going to be a prolific dispensary of information. The criticism that's being levied on Schefter is part of this frenzy. The frenzy of gotcha journalism, the frenzy of gotcha Twitter and gotcha paparazzi, people looking for mistakes, looking to cancel others, looking to find out who's next, next what's next. It was only a week ago that we were going crazy about Urban Oscar Meyer. And we said to you, maybe 10 days ago, when you're in a PR crisis, step three is hoping against hope that the next PR crisis comes soon. Because then your crisis is on the back burner. When there is a tragedy, you hope that the next tragedy doesn't come soon because you want the focus to be on your tragedy. That's how it is with storms, hurricanes, shootings, abductions, murders, violence, and stories about sex, affairs, misogyny, homophobia. You're waiting for the next. 
there will be another story that will put this in the background. The Mark Davis, the Schefter, the John Gruden, it will be passed. But this cycle is lasting a little longer than others. And what's the big difference between this and other stories? With Urban Oscar Meyer, that's it. He was in the dance club. He had some woman. He was doing a Tinder or a grinder or whatever the thing is when she's sitting in your lap. His wife had a comment. He had a comment. He apologized and they moved on. Nothing more to know, nothing more to discover. If he had been doing that with a woman he had been with for 10 years, maybe that's something to discover. But even then, who cares? The problem with the John Gruden situation and that the NFL has is there's so much left to discover that people don't want to let this go. It's like a mystery unfolding in front of us, and we have an insatiable desire to have a, our, our unbelievable voyeuristic lifestyle fed by these stories. What else could be in these emails? Who else is racist? Marie Smith, the head of the Players Union, came out and said, hey, one of the reasons the NFL doesn't want to release these emails, I bet you they show a systematic racial bias when it comes to hiring and players. Now, that fits his narrative. He probably wonders also, any talk of collusion? Any talk of Kaepernick in these 650,000 emails? Everyone who has a cause celeb, and I don't mean that, that your cause is not good or that your cause is better than someone else's cause. It's just your cause. Anybody who has a cause looks at this possible treasure trove of emails saying, that's the Easter egg I've been waiting for. That is the silver bullet. What's the expression? It's not silver bullet. That is the swinging flame. What's it called when you've got, uh, when you're investigating something and right in the murder mystery and, oh, that's it. That's the flaming ember. Coco, what's that expression? Uh, he may not know it. It may be an old expression. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the smoking gun. Yes. Ugh. Today must be Friday. What is the smoking gun? It must exist in these emails for my issue. That is why Goodell has a problem. We're going to wait and see. We come back. I want to go to break now because when we come back, I really do want to talk about if that's okay. I want to talk about uh, Kyrie Irving again. He did something that even for Kyrie Irving should show you what a fraud he is. And we're going to review the new Justin Bieber documentary on Amazon. We'll be right back here on Nothing Personal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following, subscribing. Do you know today is the two-year anniversary of the first episode of Nothing Personal? On October 14th, 2019, 
Matt Coca and I pressed record on a show. We were in the studio in Fort Lauderdale pre-COVID. COVID was just around the corner, but not yet, October of 19. We went through a couple of rehearsals before we started. And after the rehearsals, Matt Coca said to me, and then not to me, but to other people at CBS, oh man, I don't know if this is gonna work. And he was right. I go back and listen to those rehearsals, which we taped, and it was horrible. I felt like Eddie, crazy Eddie from those old TV commercials in New York when he would just be yelling all the time. It takes a while to find your voice. It took a while for us to figure out whether or not this show would possibly work, and you have made it work. So this is the two-year anniversary, and my thanks starts with Coca, but it ends with you. I am merely the medium through which, the conduit through which you are getting information from Coca, from me, but it's you who have been able to broaden your horizons. It's you who have been able to think about issues and to hear about issues that just aren't talked about anywhere else in a way that's rational, in a way that is educational, and I hope for you has been entertaining. Two years of nothing personal, and we're still going. Why not? That's two years of watching a movie every day, but it's been longer than that. Amazon does something that is great for me. When you go on Amazon Prime, there is a, a bar when you first log in or press the button on your remote, and it's in big font. It's the movie of the day or the release of the day, and they get me. And I turned it on yesterday, and it was Justin Bieber, Our World. The odds of me watching a Justin Bieber documentary are de minimis. Never heard his music, never seen him in concert, don't know anything about him at all, other than he's married to Stephen Baldwin's daughter. That I'm aware of. Other than I've watched him go from zero tattoos to totally tatted up in a way that matches other people I know. That's it. Can't name a song. But I said, you know what? I'm looking to review something and Justin Bieber's popular, I'm gonna give it a try. It's 90 minutes of my life and that'll be the end of it. 90 minutes later, and I'm a believer. His music is good. The story that he's telling is about a New Year's Eve concert during COVID at the Beverly Hills Hotel. The preparation for that concert, it shows behind the scenes with Justin and his wife, Haley. I thought it was Haley Baldwin, but now it's Haley Bieber. She took his name. Justin Bieber's father-in-law is Stephen Baldwin. Does that mean like at Thanksgiving, the Biebers are hanging out with Alec Baldwin? Billy Baldwin? It's possible. In any case. So during the course of this documentary, it's really a concert film that has small snippets interspersed of behind-the-scenes footage. And I was all in. Justin Bieber, Our World. He worked his arse off to put on that concert during COVID and his music and the way they executed it was fascinating. 90 minutes, Justin Bieber. If you're a fan, watch it for sure. If you're not a fan, watch it for sure. You may not be a fan when you're done because you just may not like the music. You may never download a song or hear another song or see him in concert, but you will like the show. How much time do you spend when you run a team thinking about when to release a statement. 
I often talk about how to release a statement and what should be in the statement. I've given you information about time when we don't want something to be paid attention to. We'll do it in the Friday news dump back before social media. During social media, we would do it at a time if it were bad news that we thought it would get buried, we'd wait for a big story in another story, something that's trending, and then we'd release something. It is totally strategic when we do things. When Coke and I go live on YouTube, the way we were yesterday night with Will Middlebrooks, by the way, which was great to preview the ALCS. We had a lot of fun doing that last night. Tonight, if you're listening to this today, we're going to do the same thing with the National League Championship Series after the Dodgers play the Giants in their deciding game. But there's thought that goes into timing. So Coca, because it's his job and he's really good at his job, will point out, here's what's going on now. We should do it at this point, not at that point. We're going to release this now. It's totally strategic. You can choose to do things that are hurtful or helpful for your brand or for other people's brand. Kyrie Irving would have you believe that he is an intellectual. He would have you believe that we're violating him in every way. We talked about him yesterday with his sources are saying he's a voice for the voiceless and that he's an anti, 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 anti-vaxxer. He's not against vaccine. He's just not, not pro-vaccine. He's unvaccinated. He just doesn't want people to be forced to get vaccinated. We talked about the fact that the Nets now are not going to let him even play road games. New York State's not letting him play home games. Fine. We've covered all that. Last night, the WNBA had a finals game, which I know you remember. I don't know if you watched the WNBA. It's pretty talented. There's some pretty talented players there. Phoenix was beating Chicago in overtime. The WNBA has been supported by Kyrie Irving, which made me think that Kyrie Irving was interested in the WNBA or appreciated their role, appreciated what they were trying to do. Donated one and a half million dollars to cover lost salary for WNBA players who didn't play last year during COVID, who chose to opt out. Kyrie Irving may have done that purposefully, may not have. I am not going to accuse him of anything. What I am going to accuse him of is going on Instagram Live during the WNBA Finals. If there is someone who you love, who you care about, who is doing a performance or doing something, you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. But when you know that you want to do something public that will guaranteed be guaranteed to take away eyeballs from someone or something you love and you still do it, it means either A, you never loved that thing or person to begin with, or B, you are so selfish, clueless, and egomaniacal, narcissistic that it doesn't make a bit of difference. Kyrie Irving went live on Instagram to explain the situation right during the WNBA finals. What he had to say was the biggest crock of horse hockey I think I've ever heard. I'm waiting for him to now be the voice of the voiceless. He now uses his voice. I'm so excited to listen to his rant, thinking that I'm finally going to understand what he's talking about and why he's talking about it. I'm finally going to understand why he's willing to walk away from the team 
that he's supposed to love and his band of brothers who he loves as the season starts. Finally going to understand whether or not Pablo Torre was right. Is it five negatives or four negatives or three negatives when you're doing anti, 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 anti? And the main point of what he said is I'm not retiring. I'm not leaving this game. The main point of what he said is people don't understand me. People talk about me without hearing it directly from me. I don't want to leave basketball this way. I want to have a decision made by me that's best for me and my family. And then he dropped the greatest line of all. He said, I had no idea that we'd have to be vaccinated to play ball. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Kyrie. Are you suggesting to me that you are not paying attention when your union said to you, we're not going to be forced to be vaccinated, but we do have to comply with state laws. And wow, New York looks to be passing a state law that you have to be vaccinated. Do you know that New York and its lawmakers and the governor are in touch with all presidents and owners of their sports teams in their state when they're going to do things like this? You think it's a coincidence? That in L.A., they passed a vax mandate, but said it's okay for the Staples Center. Do you think it's possible that in New York, when they passed the mandate, but said it's not going to be okay for Brooklyn and the Garden? That the teams were not made aware of it? And then do you not know that the teams, when made aware of it, went to their players and said, hey, this is how it is going to be. It's going to be announced. You better be ready. For him to say that he was taken by surprise puts the dis in disingenuous. For him to say that he's standing with all those who believe what is right and that everyone is entitled to do what they feel and what's best for themselves. And to again talk about all the people who lose, lost their jobs because of the vaccine mandate. It's a fagazi. He's trying to get you not to focus on what is real, which is that he has backed himself into a position and he doesn't know how to get out like a child who builds a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie. And then before you know it, they are going to stick to it because they don't know what else to do. Totally backed into a corner. And by the way, adults do that too. Kyrie has in his mind become the voice of the people who don't want to get vaccinated, the voice of the people who have lost their jobs because they chose not to get vaccinated, the voice of how do I know if these vaccines are good for me, even though he's claiming he's not trying to disparage the science or sully the science, but that's not accurate by what he's doing and not getting vaccinated because he's worried about his body. And he'll say, no, I'm not worried about my body. That's not it. I'm actually worried about people telling me what to do with my body. I got to thinking yesterday that this may all go back to shut up and dribble. It may go back to the George Floyd and all the social unrest and the racial inequalities. And I got to thinking that maybe Kyrie Irving is very confused here. Maybe Kyrie Irving believes that the vaccine mandates are meant in a racial context. 
You know where I stand on social equality, gender equality? Not asking you to stand with me. I'm just letting you know. But what really hurts a cause, it doesn't matter what the cause is, is when every action that's done, you interpret and then regurgitate said action as being purposefully done to be subversive to your cause. There is nothing more dangerous to a cause and to the solution for a problem than those people trying to find that solution thinking that the entire world is against a solution or that every word that's said or action that's taken is done for the sole purpose to make it so you can't get to your solution, so you can't get to fix your problem. So I've got a solution. Kyrie Irving is going to continue to talk and try to make us feel badly for what he's being forced to do. But if you watch the Instagram closely, the solution was contained right in there. He never once said he's not going to report. He never once said he's not going to get vaccinated. What he really was saying is, I'm going to get vaccinated and play with my team. But I'm going to do it on my terms when I tell you I'm ready. Because that shows that I'm in control and that you can't control me or my body. It's going to be a fascinating day when Kyrie Irving takes the court and is a distraction yet again. But then it'll be done because the media will interview him. He'll have to make some comments and then that'll be it until the next Kyrie Irving distraction. That's the point of why the Nets aren't offering him an extension. He's got one year of a player option left. Great epiphany yesterday that the Nets are not going to offer him the max extension. NSS, that's no blank, Sherlock. Of course, they're not going to. The Nets rue the day they signed Kyrie Irving. They want to get rid of him so fast that their head is spinning. But he'll be back on the court. You just wait to see. Okay. What are you all doing tonight? Anything good? Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm watching the Giants-Dodgers at 9.07 Eastern. That means the game's going to end after 1 a.m. If you're on the East Coast listening to this, try to stay awake because it's pretty cool, an elimination game. No one's given me an answer. Please get to me at Twitter or at Instagram or somewhere why we're not calling them elimination games anymore. It's the winner goes home game. No, winner goes, loser goes home game. Winner goes to the LCS game. They're elimination games. We've got Logan Webb going against Julio Urias. After the game, we're going to talk about the NLCS. We're going to talk about the game that happened. And something is going to happen interesting tonight, no matter what. Because in game fives or game sevens in a seven-game series, game five in a five-game series, something interesting always happens. Logan Webb, the starting pitcher for the Giants, is the best pitcher you've never heard of. 14-0, and 0, the Giants are in his 14 home starts. Urias, you've heard of because of what he did. He 
closed out the World Series last year against the Tampa Bay Rays. Do you recall that? They didn't bring in Kenley Jansen to finish off that game. It was Julio. He's been an amazing starter. He won 20 games this year. He is, wait for it, 16-3, and three, the Dodgers are, in his road starts this year. But he's undefeated at Oracle Park. The Dodgers went 3-0 and in games that he started in Oracle Park. Some streaks coming to an end. There's going to be a hero tonight. Corey Seager, Mookie Betts, Brandon Crawford, Donovan Solano. All I know is that both these teams have 109 wins. Thank you to a Twitter follower and a listener to Nothing Personal. On a recent show, I said, I think it could have been Terry Verts, by the way, the astronaut who has his own great podcast and who is a loyal fan of Nothing Personal, watches every day, listens every day. He said the Dodgers and Giants have the same number of victories. I thought the Giants still had one victory more than the Dodgers because the Giants had 107. The Dodgers had 106 at the end of the regular season. Now they're tied at two. So I thought it was 109-108. I forgot the fact that the Lakers, the Lakers, come on, Coca, 7-10-69. I forgot the fact that the Dodgers had to beat the Cardinals in the wild card game in order to get to this series. So the Dodgers are actually three and two in the playoffs, which means they both have 109 wins, which means tonight a 109 win team goes home. Thank you for that correction. I get corrections all the time and I'm good with it. It happens. Don't be afraid to correct me, folks. All right, pick of the day. We did not lose our pick last night. There was no pick last night. We are 132 and 113. I want to give you a bunch of picks, and here's why. There is no show tomorrow. Nothing personal is going dark. One day without me this coming Friday, tomorrow, October 15th. We will be back Monday from Stamford, Connecticut, no less. But I want to give you picks for the weekend so you have them because there's a lot of good sports. tonight. Giants over Dodgers. The Giants will win. I'm picking the Giants to win the series. You know I did. I have a million weight to seize about the Dodgers not winning the World Series, not winning the pennant, yada, yada, yada. Giants are the better team in a one game. You don't know what's going to happen, but I'm taking the Giants. There's also a football game tonight. Why are the Buccaneers only seven points over the Eagles, Coca? Do you have any idea? Obviously, enough Philadelphia fans are betting on the Eagles, I guess. The Bucs should be favored by way more than seven so we're taking the Bucks over the Eagles. We got a double pick tonight. Not a parlay, but a double pick. Tomorrow, the American League Championship begins. We preview that with Middlebrooks. We talked about that. Nathan Ivaldi is pitching for the Red Sox, and he will get the win. Red Sox over the Astros in game one. On Saturday, I'm going to be watching everything. But uh, college football, did you see Alabama lose last week? Was anyone surprised? Isn't that amazing when you have a college program where a team loses? that never loses and you think, how did that even happen to an unraked opponent, no less? Well, it's now bleeding into this week's lines. There is an issue here. Alabama is only 17 points over Mississippi State. Alabama under Nick Saban will come back from their loss last week and win this game 45 to 10. 
Alabama, 17 over Mississippi State. We're going to make some money this weekend. If you're in a place where you can bet legally, I like that one. Now I want to take a minute talking about the NFL. The NFL has some distractions, which we have outlined clearly. The NFL is in London again this weekend. I cannot underestimate. That's not the word. Start that again. I cannot possibly explain to you how important these London games are financially for the NFL. The NFL comes out and talks about they're going to play in Germany next. Maybe Frankfurt, maybe Dusseldorf. The amount of money that the NFL makes during these international games would stagger you. From a promotion standpoint, there are promoters who pay the NFL. There are advertisers who pay the NFL. The networks love the 9.30 a.m. games because it's another game that all of you watch. You wake up and watch. It's hard to get a team to go because it's a travel issue. It's tiring. It, it sort of upsets the routine, and athletes are very routine-oriented. Well, the Dolphins are playing the Jaguars. The Jaguars are the NFL team. I think the Jaguars are still going to move to London. I really do think that. The Jaguars are getting three and a half points from the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are a bad team. But the Jaguars are worse. The Jaguars will lose that game. The Dolphins will fly to London and spank the Jaguars. Three and a half. Hmm. Hmm. Too little. Too little. All right. I want to get to some wait to seize now, but I want to talk about a concept here. During this show, we do 45 minutes, right? Every day. And I know it's hard to listen. You may listen on two times or one and a half times or one time. And some of you may think that I have some inconsistencies. If I say one thing one day, do I say something different the next day? And I don't purposefully do that. There's an example that you brought to me on Twitter, and I like it. I want you to come to me when you think I've said something, and I haven't. This week, Major League Baseball released its qualifying offer number. Qualifying offers are what teams who have free agents give to their impending free agent. It's a one-year deal that you offer to a player who's going to be a free agent. Kevin Gausman, the great starter for the San Francisco Giants, was offered a qualifying offer by the Giants after last season, and he accepted it. He couldn't find a multi-year deal anywhere else, so he took a one-year $18.9 million deal for this year, and he's been phenomenal. He'll be a free agent again. Qualifying offers are a big deal in collective bargaining because the union believes that players who have qualifying offers are not likely to be signed by other teams if they are sort of middle-of-the-road qualifying offer recipients, not the Manny Machados of the world or the Bryce Harpers of the world, not the players who are guaranteed to get long-term deals like Marcelo Zuna with the Braves this year. I don't know why I just mentioned him. He's on my mind because I feel I'd like to be able to talk to him, which I haven't been able to. So the qualifying offers came out, and for the first time since the qualifying offers have started, the number went down. And it's a formula that's based on revenue and salaries and the qualifying offer for next year's $18.4 million. And there's a lot of interesting players who are likely or not likely to get qualifying offers, but who are eligible. Justin Verlander is a good example. The free agent for the Houston Astros who's been hurt. His deal is done. 
the Astros could offer him a qualifying offer. Or if you don't, then the free agent's gone, signs with anybody, and you do not get a draft pick in return if that free agent signs with another team after you have given that player a qualifying offer. The Mets have an interesting situation that we've discussed with Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard made two ridiculous appearances at the end of the season. In his mind, he was trying to prove that he could do it. He pitched one inning twice. The Mets were happy because they said, oh, he's healthy. That's good. Will the Mets offer him a qualifying offer? I told you, wait to see. Yes, they will. And the reason I said the Mets are willing to risk $18.4 million on Syndergaard when they don't know what they're going to get is that they can afford to do that where the majority of teams cannot. And what I said is when we were running the Marlins, we never would have been able to offer Syndergaard a qualifying offer because there's so much uncertainty regarding his performance and the number of innings he can give you next year. So someone DM'd me saying that I'd said he will not get a qualifying offer. I may have misspoken, but the way to see on September 20th is that he will get a qualifying offer. So we're going to wait to see, but he will. All right, I want to go through a few wait to sees because this concept has become more and more important to me as I've watched what's gone on this week with journalists and as I've listened to more and more shows. And I've told you so many times, but I guess I got to say it again because people are watching the talking heads on networks or listening to podcasts and there is zero accountability. And that bothers me. We talked so many times during COVID about platforms and having your platform during all of the issues of 20 and 21, all of the social justice issues, whether your platform is one person or 50,000 people or a million people using your platform matters. And you have to use it responsibly. So when I give you a wait to see, the reason I revisit wait to sees that I get wrong is that not that I want to be wrong, not that I wouldn't like to be the way everyone else is on TV, radio, and podcasts when they never revisit anything and hope that you forget. I revisit it because I respect you. Two years in, the audience that we've built together, the loyalty that you've shown to me, not only do I not take it for granted, but I don't assume that you'll forget anything because why should you? That's insulting to you and insulting to me. So on May 17th, when I said, when Albert Pujols was signed way back in May, that he will not be on the playoff roster for the Dodgers, I got that wrong. He is on the playoff roster. He ended up being way better for the Dodgers than I expected. So good, in fact, I mean, listen, he can't really he can't really play the field anymore and he doesn't really have power anymore. And he's got warning track power, but he's got this aura around him that makes him a valuable addition to a team. Do I think he's going to find a team next year? Someone will give him a chance to be the sage voice inside the clubhouse, but I was wrong earlier though. February of 17th of 2021, we had a discussion about the baseball season. February is when spring training is about to start. The offseason has finished, and you remember the two teams who were the talk of the offseason were the White Sox and the Padres. Those two teams won the offseason. They're going to be in the World Series. They're so good. And I said on February 17th, the White Sox will not win the pennant. They didn't. We got that one right. Okay. September 20th, we had something. 
Yes, I do. On September 20th, we had something. Do you remember when there was a rumor that there was an MLB manager that was not vaccinated and MLB just came out and said that if you're not vaccinated, you can't manage. So we're going to find out who of the managers is not vaccinated because they hadn't gone public yet. Who's vaccinated? Who's not? Well, guess what? I said on September 20th that all MLB managers will be vaccinated. None of them will miss a game because if any of them were not vaccinated, once MLB changed the rules, the president goes down to the manager's office with a syringe and says, you're now vaccinated. Okay. I didn't predict well in the first round on October 17th. I had the Astros winning in five. Nah, they won in four. I had the Rays winning in four. No, they didn't win in four. They didn't win in five. They didn't win in three. My wait to seize today. Ready? Astros in seven in the American League Championship Series. Book it. And the winner of tonight's NLCS game, Giants or Dodgers, will be able to beat the Braves in six. For the second year in a row, there will be a problem in the NLCS for the Atlanta Braves. I want to end the show with two minutes of a subject that is sort of new and interesting to me. We're going to go full circle here with the Washington football team. When you have a problem with your team and you're getting bad press, you're always trying to figure out something to do that can change the narrative, right? What can we do? Is there, is there an announcement we can make? Is there a, is there a game we can win? Uh, probably not. So is there anything else? The Washington football team just announced that they are retiring the jersey of Sean Taylor. That's the announcement WFT is making as a way to potentially get you to forget about all the issues with the WFT. Do you remember who Sean Taylor is? I hope you do. You should GTS it if you don't. Is that really the best WFT could do? Was to retire Sean Taylor's jersey? You think that that's maybe a little play on what's going on? in football, in the world? Hmm. You think it's not Machiavellian that the Washington football team chose Sean Taylor to retire his jersey? If you think that, then you have not been paying attention to nothing personal for two years. And you know how we end. Remember, no show tomorrow. We'll see you Monday. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.